Welcome back to another episode of Rocky Unscripted, where we talk about faith when Sunday is over. And today, I am talking about faith when Sunday is over with Amanda Rohrbach. Just me and you today, Amanda. I know. This is, has this ever happened? I think you might be right. I don't know that we've ever just had an episode where it's just us two, but we, we trimmed the fat. We're like, we need to get Sean out of here, Mitch out of here, Matt out of here. And we just want to, this way we can have like a 15 minute episode. Yeah. I feel like we can get a lot done. If you're a new listener, I'm totally joking. I, uh, <laughs> um, but but thanks for joining uh, on this episode. We're talking about values that our church has. And before you hit skip, uh, if, if you're listening, I think this conversation is going to be really, really helpful. We're not just talking about like, hey, this is one of our church values. Let's talk about our mission statement. Uh, for some, that may be interesting, but I think most people would say, hey, I, I generally just trust that you guys, you know, <laughs> your heart's in the right place. And um, I don't need to know all the values, but we have narrowed down in the last few years, uh, kind of the, the the direction of our church and how we make decisions, how we make uh, programming decisions, you know, especially do we do this kind of um, program or not, it is based on the value that we're talking about today. But also, um, this is a value that when Sean first came to us and, and mentioned, it was one of the, the, the ones I was most inspired by and most challenged by. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if your experience was similar, but that is the value of we will be a church. We will be for the one. And um, yeah. yeah, we'll talk about where that comes from in just a second. But um, what was your what was your experience when you because Sean came to us and said, hey, what about for the one? Yeah, and I think it really came out of hey, are we doing a good job um, as the church? Which sounds so funny because that shouldn't be a question that you're asking mm-hmm. yourself as the mm-hmm. church. I think. But are we doing a good job um, basing you know, our programming, our decisions off of reaching people for Jesus? Mm-hmm. And if we're not, um, we should be asking ourselves why and, and what do we change? And like I said, it seems like, well, that's dumb because obviously that's why you exist as the church. But I think we can get in a routine just like in our, in our personal lives as the church mm-hmm. organization where we're just, we're focused so much um, on ourselves and inward that we forget um, yeah. that that's not what we're supposed to be about. So, yeah. All right. So let's continue our conversation, but I, I do want to read the passage of scripture um, that this is, this is like, this comes from because it's easy to confuse even that phrase, like for the one, Sometimes people are like, oh, yeah, for the one. We are for God. We are for the one, right? It's for it's Jesus. Yes, people do think that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Think and it makes too. sense, but that's that's not the value. No, are we for God? And then the other thing that I think after you read it that is an interesting thing to talk about is like, well, what about the 99? You don't care about us. Yes. About the one. Yes. And so it's like there's these false narratives that people create regarding this, this value. Mm-hmm. All right, so this it, let me read it. It's from Luke chapter fifteen, and uh, what's interesting is the backstory. Um, actually, I'll, I'll read starting in verse one because it gives you a little bit of that backstory. It says, "Now the tax collectors and sinners, which is funny, just the way it, it phrases that, were all were all gathering around to hear Jesus. So, kind of like the least of these, the <laughs> the people on the periphery were gathering around to hear Jesus." It says, but the Pharisees. And the teachers of the law muttered, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. 
In verse 3, it says, Then Jesus told them this parable. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. And it it goes on to a couple of other parables. But that is the driving force uh, and and the reason why we say we want to be for the one. We want to be for the one and do just like the shepherd did and left the 99 in a safe place. It wasn't like they he put the 99 in a dangerous spot, left the 99 and went after the lost sheep. So you see it starting to kind of come together when you mentioned people saying, what about the 99? So let me ask you that question, Amanda. What about the 99? Well, yeah, I love what you said. Like the 99, when you're, when you're talking about the sheep, they're safe, they're cared for, they're where they're supposed to be, they're, they're being fed, they're growing, yeah. they're all of those things. So in this parable, it's like, no, that still exists for the 99. So the people that are already connected in the church and community who are growing, who are showing up on Sundays, like you don't quit caring for them while you go and and seek this one sheep that is lost. Mm -hmm. Um, You keep doing that and you do a good job of that. And so I think the misconception is like, oh, you just forget about this, this 99, this flock that is here. No, we're not forgetting about that. We have a responsibility to that flock, but we all so care so much about the one that is lost. And I think it's Mm -hmm. easy to say, like, who cares about one? It's just one out of 99. Why would you like put effort into that? And what what's being said in this is no, that matters. We want to go get the one, the one Mm. matters. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's not an either or it's yes, both. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think that's the the reminder for us. Um, And sometimes as the church, we get so focused on the 99 that we, we kind of forget um, about the one. So it's easy to listen to the 99. Why? There's a lot of them and they're right. They're right here with you. So you know exactly where they are. You know, their opinions. Um, A lot of times, you know, their needs um, and you know how they want you to meet those needs. It's really easy. It is always every church, every organization. um, I'm just trying to think through. I'm, I'm thinking even the businesses. It's you're naturally going to hear more from uh, the people that are already there. In church setting, it's the people that are attending your church, that are tithing, that are in your programming, they're in small groups, or all those things. Right. Um, and I'm thinking of businesses, it's the clients you already have, and uh, it, it'd be really easy to just focus in on how do we just shape this whole thing for those people. Where it's different is a church is we we, we can't just cater to the quote unquote clients that are already (laughs) at our church, because that is not our calling. Our our calling is not uh, gather this many people and then cap it at that number. Right. And just try to uh, meet whatever needs that they have. It's, it's Jesus is constantly calling to grow his church, bring more people to himself. There's a tension there. And I think that's something that you would admit to. There is a tension that comes with that value. Oh, well, as you're talking, the tension in in church growth, right, is that the church can be accused of only caring about numbers, both, I think, from a financial standpoint and just numbers of how many people that you can get in the building or programming or whatever. And so 
I think the tension is that it's like, it's not just for self-seeking a number of people, you know, that we can get in the building. It's like, no, that's what God called us to. Mm-hmm. Like church growth should be what's happening um, if you're fulfilling the great commission that he called us to, yeah. which is to go after the person who who doesn't know who's lost. Right. Um, but it can be, yeah, it can be confusing to people and just another another reason to say like, hey, that's all you that's all you care about. Um, mm-hmm. It's padding numbers and whatever. Yeah, your it, jokes it's, around all of that. Obviously, you know, pastor yeah. counts and um, just how we approach numbers <laughs> and focus on it. But any organization, you know, cares about that on a level. It just it's interesting when you compare that a business. It mm-hmm. seems very natural for a business to care about, you know, growing and marketing and, and reaching people. And for some reason, it feels very unnatural um, to people on the outside to think that the church um, should be caring about those same things. So, yes, and the approach yes. to be different, um, but it's still same concept, mm-hmm. different approach, different reason. So yeah. what I'd love to do today is kind of explain why we have this value. And uh, then I want to be really upfront and say that we feel that this value is important and this is this is why it's good for us. This is why it's good for you to embrace mm-hmm. this value. Um, so maybe these are th- these are benefits for you. Uh, and then also be upfront and say this is what this demands from you. Mm-hmm. Because these values are not just like we value to read the Bible more. We value to whatever um, to where it's like everything is just a benefit. But this value actually determines behavior. So what behaviors does this change? But so we'll get to that. Um, So could you share just practically some of the reasons why we we said this needs to be an upfront value? You were talking earlier about um, having to make some difficult decisions with some of the, the the programming, the way we were doing ministry at the church. Yeah, I mean, I think we get comfortable um, in the church and we get comfortable in our, our own lives of like, Hey, this is what works for, um, for me, this is how we're serving ourselves. And, um, so we begin to develop either habits or programs or whatever that are very Mm self-serving. Um, and we're not thinking about other people. I mean, kind of in, in a conjunction with this value of for the one on staff, we have a value of people first. And I think those kind of go together of not just what's best for us, but what's best for the person who maybe, you know, doesn't needs to bump into Jesus. Like, what does that look like for them? Um, And so I think we created this, this value just to say, Hey, we need to be thinking about the person on the outside more than the inside. And I don't think it's easy to walk into a church um, these days and just, on the inside, you know exactly how everything goes and happens and what to expect. And we can be very, um, like, we think everybody knows our language. We can use churchy language. We can kind of use churchy programming. It's like, that's not that's not welcoming or helpful to the person who has no idea when they're walking mm-hmm. in this place. Like, where do I go in the parking lot? What do I do mm-hmm. when I get there? What am I going to experience? How do I dress? Because there's all these misconceptions. So I think being for the one is just saying like, hey, what what is the outside person seeing and how do we develop um, an environment that they can walk into, whether they've yep. been in church once or never or a hundred times and feel like I belong. I remember I walking. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. 
I remember walking into a restaurant and I think I told you, you and the leadership team about this, walked into a restaurant, never been before. We were just in this area. And immediately when I went to the door, I was like, I think I've come in the wrong door because Mm -hmm. I walked right into, it was a restaurant and this was just like a, a weird lobby with a bathroom. And it was like the restaurant seemed far. I'm like, I think I went in the wrong door. And I even like peeked outside and said, please use other door. Like I was in the right place. No one said anything. No one came to me. We were just waiting there, me and my daughter. Eventually I went up to like a, looked like, like a computer terminal that waitresses (laughs) and waiters put in stuff and found someone. And I was like, Hey, do I? And they went one minute and I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then, then she's like, what, you know, can I help you? I'm like, I'm trying to (laughs) sit down and, and, and order something from your restaurant and whatever. It was fine from there, but I just had this, this mental picture of what you're talking about is the, the people that go there regularly, they know where to go. They know the drill. They know who to talk to. They know all the things. And so often we forget when we have guests that come in our, our place, they're coming in, you know, with a blank slate. They do not know. So I could see how that, that drives things really practically um, as far as the Sunday morning experience. But recently we made a change um, to one of the elements of our sports programming that we do. Uh, it was a, is a camp that we, we do every single summer. We didn't talk about talking about this. Yeah, I hope it's dope. okay to, to talk about it. Yeah. Um, but it was designed to be a camp for the one, right? It's the, it, it was designed to be a camp for under-resourced children in our area that did not have the funds to do a traditional camp. Yep. Um, can you walk us through what happened and then ultimately the, the change we ended up needing to make? I mean, I'm assuming you're talking about Camp Down. I am. Yeah, I should have said that. But <laughs> I started okay. talking. And I was like, I don't know if we're allowed to talk about this or not. Well, yeah. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, years ago, I think it was it was this whole idea of there was this need in the community of how do we serve a community of kids who maybe don't have the money to pay for, you know, the traditional camp that costs, you know, a hundred bucks or $120 or whatever to go to a week of camp. So um, an individual at our Fred campus started this camp, um, like you said, for underprivileged kids, I think it was like five bucks to show up at this camp. And it worked for a while and that's what was happening. And then eventually (laughs) the camp began to be like kind of overrun by our own people. Um, My kids were there. It was all, (laughs) it was all church kids. You did Nick Carver. But, and that's where I think you have to say, like, none of that is bad. Like, I want the Carver kids to have as much fun as, you know, the kid down the street who maybe can't afford it. So it's, it's not the for the one doesn't, that's not what we're talking about. Like, it's not exclusive of like, you can't come, but eventually you have to look and say like, Hey, is this fulfilling the mission and vision that we want to accomplish, which is give an opportunity to the kid who maybe can't show up or isn't going to show up in the church building or, And if it's not, then I think you have to adjust. Anyway, it began to be overrun just by kids, church kids. And so then you're just, you're providing a program for Mm -hmm. um, church kids. And we kind of lost our mission and vision. And so we're like, hey, we're not going to do it anymore um, because we're not accomplishing what we need to accomplish. And so the for the one value really is just saying that too. Like how, how do we adjust and continue to live that out and make this something that is for for the one, mm-hmm. the one that isn't going to get the other, the other opportunities or isn't going to show up in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think that's so, a great example. And then 
uh, I think this last summer, didn't we, we were meeting with some, um, I say we, I, I, I can't remember exactly who it was, it might have been Josie or Matt, um, and, and maybe other people, meeting with a school in that area, and kind of casting that vision for wanting to support kids that needed some support that couldn't afford these camps that you're talking about. And then the school said, man, if you helped run this, uh, this program for specifically some of the kids at our school, we know exactly who you're <laughs> trying to help. And this would be a great partnership. And we, we did that. And in some ways it was maybe less, uh, it wasn't this big polished, like we're running this camp for our community. It was, we are specifically helping this one school yep. and it, but it actually accomplished the mission that we were setting out to do. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. I think, yeah, that happened at Thunder Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we even, we tried to do that in the context text of our basketball program, um, right. Of inviting community um, people and organizations mm-hmm. and and maybe putting some of our own agendas um, aside of like, hey, if we were just doing this for us, yes, we would probably show up and we would um, pray before the game, which this gets into a controversial conversation yeah. of, yeah. you know, why we do and don't make some of those decisions. Um, oh, lost my headphone. You lost a headphone. Lost a headphone. Um, but... Yeah, so we we made some decisions that were like, hey, we're going to put our preferences aside of what maybe we would do because this isn't a this isn't a salvation issue. This is a preference um, of how we like to do programming as the church. But I don't think it speaks to the person who is maybe walking into this for the first time. It doesn't speak to the one. So we mm-hmm. think we can adjust. We're still doing what we're called to do. We're still honoring God in this. We can still be who we are. We're not changing who we authentically are or our values or our belief, but we think we can make an impact in somebody's life by mm-hmm. just adjusting how we do things, um, how we go about it. Um, and still, like I said, still honor God in that. But Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a great example. And But that's happened time and time again. And having a value like this helps you run what you're doing through a filter and helps you measure, is this something that, this is a good thing. Is it the best thing? Mm-hmm. And uh, th- that's, I think that's why we've, we've in so many organizations benefit from those values so that you don't start to drift and mm-hmm. without them, you will naturally drift. Yeah. So uh, let's, let's unpack. Um, this one's tricky. Maybe they'll all end up being a little tricky, but I, like I said before, I wanted us to be really upfront with this is what this value provides for you. Mm-hmm. And then honestly, this is what it demands from you. So this is what we expect. If you're going to live out this value with us, this is what we expect. I think these probably kind of merge together. Um, but I'd love to, to unpack that. What would you what's what's one of the first things you think of when you say this is what this fa- this value will do for you? Yeah, I know it's kind of hard to separate those two when you yeah. say what it is. And we can just chat through it. And if it, there's overlap, that's okay. Um, I mean, I think what it does for us, it serves as a reminder, gives accountability, I think, to what um, God has called us to in this for the one. And I, I mean, it's funny. I think it looks different both from an organizational standpoint and an individual standpoint. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think it's like what what does it requires you to ask a question at least Mm -hmm. what does living out this value 
look like in my life. And Mm -hmm. so what it does for me is it challenges me um, as an individual and it makes the thing that is obvious. um, Maybe, like I said, I think it's like, Hey, this should be obvious for you as a church. Mm -hmm. It maybe makes the thing that's obvious and takes it a step further. Um, And it makes you be intentional um, Mm -hmm. about this idea of for the one instead of, because I think it, you know it um, as, you know, a Christian or a leader in the church, but it's like, yeah, I got to have intentionality behind this. So mm-hmm. I would say that's what that value does for me. I don't know what you'd yeah. say. Um, I totally agree with you. I think the other thing is if you're, if you're, you're one of the ones that are wandering away from God or wandering away from the church or both, um, this is going to benefit you greatly mm-hmm. because we, we are trying to rally ourselves around how to help you, mm-hmm. you know? So I think there's a huge benefit. The other reality is for those of us in the church following Jesus that might say we're one of the 99, I don't know that it's a given that we always stay one of the 99. I think mm-hmm. there are times when we wander off and sure. um, we find ourselves, it, you know, maybe I used to be on the inside mm-hmm. of that faith system in that church And because of some life circumstances, I'm on the outside, you know, people that are, they went through, um, addictions. They, they're in the the middle of a nasty, nasty divorce. They're uh, whatever, you know, just they, they've wandered off for one reason or another, or maybe they were pulled away by life circumstances. I think by having this value as a church, we're, we're set up better to have compassion and to serve and, and reach out to people that maybe don't totally line up with kind of Mm -hmm. the traditional uh, definition of morality and good choices and good decision-making, you know, they're going to benefit, we're going to benefit because hopefully uh, our church living out this value is going to say, you are, you are worth leaving the comfort Mm -hmm. of, of the way we want to do ministry and go after you um, even though it's messy Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Sean uh, said something on, on Sunday in his teaching where he says, Com- compassion is this willingness to step into someone else's chaos. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I can be part of the 99 and serve, serve, serve. There's going to be seasons where I'm I'm the one. Mm-hmm. And I need that 99 to be willing to to lay some things aside and go after me. Yeah, it's funny. As you're talking about that, I know, um, I think we were doing a value series like even a year ago. Um, cause it's something that I think you need to revisit. So we do revisit it and, and hit those every year with our, um, just people who show up on Sundays. But I think somebody brought someone and they turned to them during the message and they're like, <laughs> am I the one? And there's part of that that I think in the, in the moment they were actually offended by it. And I'm like, I can see that side of it for sure of being like, you could be offended by that. But also I'm like, how cool that somebody cares enough about you that, yeah, you are their one. Um, mm-hmm. And I think what it does is just a reminder of, yeah, who are you not telling that you should be telling? Um, I think that's what even that example did for me of like, it might offend somebody, but who are you not caring enough about to say like, yeah, I do care enough about you that I'm going to take a chance and I'm going to leave the comfort like you're talking about of, of what I'm in and I'm going to go after you. Um mm-hmm. Because I think 
you know, there's an Andy Stanley thing that says like, what does love require of me? And I think that is one of the most loving things that we can do yeah. is say, I'm going to leave um, my comfort, what I know and go after the the person who doesn't know. And it might be uncomfortable and they might not like it. And they might turn to you in a service and be like, am I your one? Yeah. Like, yeah, you are. Um, and that is what love requires of us. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Sean, uh, you know, we, we throw this term around a lot is, you know, the lost, you know, mm-hmm. and it's this category of people that maybe we think they sin more than we do. They, um, they don't have their life together. Like we do. There's a, there's a condescending side well, you to see it. Why it would be offensive. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I love, I love how Sean says it, it, it's not categorically this negative thing. It just, right. when something is lost, it just means it's not in the place that, it, that we think it should be. Right. And, uh, I think that can soften that, that word. And I'm probably still not going to just throw that around. Like, Hey, f- Hey friend, you are lost and you need to come to my church. I'm not going to say that, right. but it does help me. Um, sometimes it can give us a sense of compassion of saying, yeah, they're great. We're not saying they're bad people. Right. Um, we just think that there's, there's another place that could be even better for them. Yep. And uh, I, I, yeah, I, I, that helped me, you know, kind of hear that that definition yeah, I love so that we, we've we've already kind of talked about you know what that value demands but i'd love to just kind of lean into that uh, a little bit more if there's anything else you'd add to that what does this value require of you what what does it call from you what else i mean effort um yeah because yeah it's really easy to um come i mean we work at the church, you and I do. So I think we're, we're speaking from a very unique um, place where some people who are listening are like, Hey, I'm out in the world beating it out every single day mm-hmm. with who are lost per se. Um, effort is a little bit um, deeper for you and I, and like, you know, I don't need to go across the building and, and say, Nick, <laughs> you're lost today. Can we, uh, if you were to die today, do you know if you'd be in heaven? Can we chat about that? You want to come to yeah. church with so yeah. for me, it's like, hey, when I get home at the end of the day and I'm tired, it still takes effort to talk to my neighbor who, you know, doesn't show up at church on Sundays, who maybe has no idea of who Jesus is or what that relationship looks like, um, or just doesn't encounter, yeah, different kind people during the mm-hmm. day. So yeah, not just going home, shutting my garage, but interacting, um, I mean, there's times I'd love to just go to the grocery store, do my thing, check out, not, not talk. Um, and I, I mean, I did this the other day and I actually am ashamed of it, but I'll, I'll confess it on here. Mm-hmm. But Dee and I went to eat after church and we had shine prom and it'd been a long weekend and I was just tired. I was tapped. And I actually said to Dee, our old neighbor from our old neighborhood walked in with her little boy. We haven't seen him in forever. And I looked at Dee and I was like, I'm tapped. I, I got nothing left. And um, he like gave me the key. I went to the car hmm. so bad. And D like, <laughs> he talked to her. And um, so what does it require? It just, it requires those moments of like, no, you can have an interaction um, mm-hmm. that takes like a minute, but sometimes it's a conscious decision. It takes effort um, to, to live that out. And we don't always get it right. I mean, we're mm-hmm. talking on, about the church, how we're for the one. Yeah. You have a value and you want to live that out. Mm. We don't always get it right. I don't get it right personally all the time and we don't get it right as the church all the mm-hmm. time. 
So. The, the, t- the temptation for me is I want to be for the one as long as um, it feels right. And this is what <laughs> I mean. Um, okay, so my kids are involved in all kinds of sports. And so we are rubbing shoulders with people from, you know, there's some similar values. I mean, our kids are playing the same sport. So right. um, there's some similarities between us already. But you, when you're around other people, you, you're instantly, without, without even thinking about it, you're categorizing people. It's like, is this a nice person? Is this a grumpy person? Does this person complain a lot? Um, do we have any other values that are similar? And you, you just make those judgment calls sometimes within seconds. Right. And I find my, I'm not embracing that value if I just immediately be like, um, I don't want to talk to you anymore. Like you, I don't want to talk to you. Oh, these people, I think they're, they're more like me. All right. I'm going to go spend my time with them. Yep. Like you said earlier about the 99 versus the one, I don't think there's anything wrong with being drawn to people that you're naturally drawn to. Right. However, I need to make sure I maintain this sense of compassion to say, um, Right now, in this scenario, um, what would Jesus want me to, to feel with these people that are right in front of me? Yep. Am I just going to be patient with them? Am I going to still lean in and ask how things are going and maybe discover there's a reason why they're grumpy? There's a reason why they're really negative. There's a reason, you know, there's all these reasons. Um, and I might be able to understand where they're coming from. And who knows? Maybe Jesus would use me in their lives um, to, to bring more of himself. Right. And, and, and that might be sharing my faith. It could just be, um, that they now know that I'm a safe person that they could go interact with that, um, is going to be a positive experience in their day. Who knows where that's going to lead. That's just one small example, but that's what I run into weekly in my life right now. I see these people weekly. And yeah. We, we like to be comfortable. Yeah. I mean, that's our, that's our nature. So yeah, well, I want to hang out with the 99. I want to hang out. I mean, it's easy for us to hang out, right. To joke mm-hmm. and have fun. And, and somebody walks into that and it's like, you, you automatically have to shift. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a vulnerability to that. I hate vulnerability. So there, there's a vulnerability to going after the person. But yeah. I think just like we're talking about, um, God didn't call us to not exist in the 99 and go after the one. So it's, it's learning the balance and of, of existing in both of those environments. Mm-hmm. You need the 99 um, to give you energy and to provide comfort and support and all of that. Cause yeah. I don't, I think you don't have the 99. It's really hard to go after the one. Um, yeah. It can feel very isolating to be doing that alone. So it's like, no, get involved in the 99 and then individually let's, let's go out and reach reach the one. Um, yeah. that's what we should be doing. So I think it also demands from me, I, I can be, um, pretty judgy when it comes to, okay, this person is struggling in life, but it's based on their own decisions. Mm. They, you know, it's one thing if, man, they didn't even ask for this. You know, uh, we were talking about child sponsorship you know, this past Sunday and, and this, these kids never chose to be born into poverty, all that stuff. Right. And then there's some people that it's like you are in a really bad spot and it's because of 25 decisions you made over the course right. of this length of time. And sometimes it's easy to judge and be like, well, they made their bed, let them sleep. I know that sounds awful, but I, I can categor- categorize people differently. Right. And I think being for the one, because 
I mean, Jesus didn't elaborate on that story, but I, and I don't know much about shepherding, but I do, I have heard that sheep are stupid. Um, and they, they don't think well for themselves. Um, there's a reason why they live in a herd. So I imagine the sheep that's lost, um, they, they made, they made some stupid choices and that's why that sheep is in the position that it's in. And Jesus doesn't care. It's not a, uh, this was not an, an, you you did nothing to deserve it. Even if you do deserve it, um, it doesn't change. It doesn't change Jesus's compassion. And that is something that this value calls of me. It doesn't matter why the people are in the situation they're in. Um, what Jesus calls me to is compassion. How can I serve? So, you know, as we're talking on this personal level, I just want to go ahead and say it. I think most people would understand where we're coming from. What we're not saying is you should have no boundaries and you should give anything Mm -hmm. and everything that the, the, the struggling person in your life asks of you. That's not what we're saying. No. I mean, yeah, we have another thing we say around here a lot regarding... Because for the one, for us, looks like uh, global mission trips. And you brought up, you know, um, Turkana and and child sponsorship that we did on Sunday and um, just this poverty. Mm-hmm. And there's this, there's this saying, like, when helping hurts. Um, and so I think being for the one doesn't mean that you, like mm-hmm. you said, you don't just give someone every single thing or sacrifice or not create boundaries or that's not what... Mm-hmm talking about it's like um yeah you can you what's can go best for that person yeah what's best yeah. for them and ultimately too it's like it is not our job to play the role of savior um yeah. right so it's not like this is not about us you do what god calls you to do in it and there's parts of it that let you let go and let god um yeah. show up and do what he's gonna do so mm-hmm. um, and sometimes you may not see the fruit of that so mm-hmm. what does God call you to in the moment, in a season? And I think that that comes and goes. And um, yeah, you play a piece and a part in it. And yes. you got to give some of the, the end result um, up. Mm-hmm. So. At the end of the day, the hero in this story is, is God. It's Jesus. Yeah. You know, and the, yeah. he, he talks about three parables. And, and in two of them, there's a clear, it, it's, it's the, the father of the prodigal son. That is not us in the story. Um, that's God, you know, the shepherd going out to get the sheep. He didn't say, Hey, Hey, other 99 sheep go, you know, save all the ones out there. At the end of the day, he's calling us to a partnership, but the hero of that story is Jesus. And I think sometimes we can get caught up in, um, this person needs help and I'm going to, I'm going to be their savior. And then you end up, um, you're completely expended. You're exhausted. And uh, yeah. you don't know which way is up. So you, it's it's a partnership at the end of the day with Jesus and his calling. Anything else you'd add? Uh, I don't think I so. I feel like our conversation I, was pretty stinking good. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you are more of a shepherd um, in the sheep world than than I knew about you, Nick Carver. Just like, because I know the sheep, sheep are dumb. You know sheep. You know that sheep are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah. Um, uh, we, we had this moment this past Sunday singing a song that um, we wrote based on Luke 15. Uh-huh. And uh, anyway, uh, Luke, the, the worship leader on staff, Luke, we uh-huh. both had the same mental thought. And there's a video out there, a viral video of a sheep that's stuck. 
and then someone helps the sheep out and it bounces around and goes right back into the same like hole that it's stuck in. Uh-huh. And uh, it was like, what a picture of, well, sheep probably, period, but also <laughs> the way we are. And we'll get ourselves right back into the same mess over and over and over again. But yeah. we just felt like show, showing that video in the moment was like, eh, it might be too funny. It might be too funny to, it might be too distracting. You think you might use uh, lose some spiritual element to that? Yeah, yeah. It, we, it, it might get the picture across, but then people were like, we don't want to sing anymore. Uh, we're, yeah. we're good. We're good. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if worship leading doesn't work out, I feel like. Shepherding? Shepherding? Yeah. I mean, yeah. sheep farmer, sheep farmer, lot of, Nick. A lot of money in sheep these days. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, Amanda, thanks for the conversation. I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll talk again with one of these values soon, but uh, just really appreciate your, your insight. I think you, uh, I know you would say you're not perfect, but I think you and D and your, your family, you live out this value really, really well. Thanks, Nick. Mm-hmm. When you get old, then, you know, you, uh, you start learning some things, but yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Nick. See you later. We'll talk soon.